0: When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com.
1: Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
2: Good morning. Happy Thursday. Thanks for joining us on the Midwest Farm Report. I'm Stephanie Hoff filling in for Farm Director Pam Yonke. 80 degrees, the expected high for the Madison area, and from the sounds of it, muggy. We're looking at a humidity of nearly 80%. Stu Muck will join us live in about 15 minutes to break down that forecast as we roll into the weekend. And we'll see how much field work you can get done before more rain gets here on Sunday, from the looks of it. We've got a great show coming at you in the bottom of the hour, too. We'll get an update from the UW Sheep Unit in Arlington. And Cody Koster with EverEgg is joining us to talk butter. It's all right here.
0: Weather around Wisconsin has started to change. Why don't you change up your attitude about the meats you're putting on your sandwiches? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for my friends at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. Now remember, they're located just out of Madison in Fitchburg at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road. But anybody can tap into their authentic goodness at BavariaSausage.com or Bavaria Sausage on Facebook. And they want you to know they have got an absolutely amazing selection of... Salami from Bavaria to Hungary, from mustard seed to peppercorn, from picante to spicy. You will find it at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. So, if you're looking for a little bit of a change up on that sandwich, or just for fun, or a refreshing change up when you're entertaining, take a look at some of the comments from customers on their Facebook page. You can get your order started today online, BavariaSausage.com, Bavaria Sausage Kitchen on Facebook. Judy and the crew won't disappoint.
3: My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. Even though a bid that you get looks great or a program looks great, make sure that you go and get a comparative bid. The easiest way to compare bids is a price per watt. It's what the whole solar industry works off of. A simple phone call to Olson Solar Energy.
1: You can find out quickly whether or not you can save serious amounts of money.
4: Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy.
5: latest news talking about farm income shows interest on ag loans has gone up significantly in 2022, and that will affect net farm income. But where are those interest rates going in the future? Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And Steph, I would imagine like all interest rates, maybe up.
2: (laughs) Yes. And interest rates in the direction they are moving in is top of mind for egg lenders and their clients. I think that goes without saying. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. High interest rates have been an adjustment for farmers and agribusinesses. This is all according to Tim Schneider, the senior vice president of egg lending with Nicolay Bank. He walks us through how farmers are spending their money ahead of the harvest, how the egg lending workforce is looking, and of course he predicts where those interest rates will go. And it does sound like it's up.
6: Yeah, no different than uh, than throughout the economy, whether it be commercial banking or or retail or to, and even the deposit side of things, interest rates are climbing um, fairly rapidly here. And, um, you know, it's been an adjustment uh, for, for customers, again, across all the entire economy to, to adapt to and adjust to this rapid increase in interest rates. I mean, um, you know, the Fed raising interest rates 75 basis points at the last couple of meetings is 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 pretty much unheard of i mean uh, normally they're they're moving in in 25 basis point or or quarter percent increments and for them to have been as aggressive as they've been the last few meetings um obviously trying to stave off inflation has been has created a bit of a stir with uh with clients for sure um so you know as we've been dealing with our clients uh many of them have been asking for you know can i lock in some longer term uh, fixed rates now just to protect from interest rates rising uh, more rapidly, and, and we've accommodated that. Um, Nicolay has, has at least gone out to uh, a 10-year fixed rate um, in many instances for our clients to try to give them some interest rate uh, risk mitigation. Um, you know, on the flip side of that, we've, we have had a lot of customers over the last, you know, two or three years as interest rates were at all-time lows, especially the longer-term fixed interest rates that did lock in their rates already. And they're taking advantage of that. and obviously that those interest rates are, are something they don't want to have to touch if they don't need to at any point in time in the near future. So um, it's an interesting time. Um, you know it'll be interesting to watch how the Fed responds moving forward. You know, the sense is that at least from the things I'm reading uh, and even our internal economists at Nicolaire, indicating that they don't think the Fed's going to be as aggressive in raising interest rates the next uh, few meetings through the balance of the year, but probably inching up a bit higher and then uh, probably leveling off by the end of the year. And some are even predicting that we may see, you know, inflation restrained and they may need to, you know, may need to start uh, lowering interest rates next year um, already. So it's an interesting, uh, dichotomy or, or turn of events here in, uh, in in philosophy and thought process.
2: Two sides going at it, whether or not inflation is under control or not. And that's, again, really the background on why interest rates were climbing to stave off inflation.
6: For sure. And they're, they're not certain they've done enough yet. But, um, you know, some of the indications are that maybe they have... Uh, Threaded the needle, if you want to say it that way um, at this point, because it's been a, a, a challenging environment when you have eight percent inflation. And, uh, you know, the Fed has to raise interest rates this quickly that they're not going to turn the economy into a, a recession. And some are saying we're already in a recession. Some are saying they're not sure yet. I don't know. Um, you know, it's it's it's, uh, it's a it's a fine line they're walking for sure to try to manage that.
2: How does this influence your farm customers spending? Are they putting off big projects like new buildings, new land, new equipment? Uh, and where are they spending their money?
6: Yeah, I'd say to some some degree they are because obviously, um you know on construction costs, you've heard it time and again. I mean the the construction costs uh, because of the supply chain issues and the demand that's been in place for the last number of years are are through the roof. so, you know, the, coupled with um, uh, rising interest rate environment, uh, higher construction costs have probably had some people pausing. Um, we're still seeing some activity uh, on the on the construction side and the spend side. Um, I think also with the better, to, better commodity price environment over the last, uh, you know, a couple of years here, uh, farmers have been in a position where they've had some maybe deferred maintenance on equipment. So they've decided that they need to replace things. Now, That being said, um, I talked to a a rather large equipment dealer the other day, and and, uh, I'm hearing this time and again: is you know, used equipment is is, uh, off the charts from a a price perspective. But trying to find new equipment, if you want to replace something like a forage harvester these days, which is an important piece of equipment on a lot of these large dairy farms, they're they're impossible to find. And if you wanted a new forage harvester, you're probably out to next year before you're going to going to have to order one today. and, And you know, receive it next year. So um, the whole supply chain um, challenges that you see throughout the economy, uh, the ag um, sector is not immune to it. That's for sure.
2: Let's go to the bank side of things now. Do you have the cash on hand Is Nicolay or other agricultural lenders? Do you have cash on hand for these loans? Oh, and how does the appetite look like amidst uh, market volatility and, and high risk?
6: Yeah, I think, you know, um, uh, most banks are still sitting on uh, ample liquidity, and a lot of that is still the product of the, uh, you know, huge stimulus that, uh, you know, the government pumped into the economy over the last two or three years. And um, Nicolay is no, no different. They're sitting on a decent amount of liquidity today yet and, uh, you know, willing to lend it to the right customers. I'd say, you know, we've maybe tightened down um, our risk standards a bit, uh, with the, the the potential of a, a looming recession, so we want to make sure we're, you know, banking the the customers that we feel long term are going to be viable and successful. Um, and I don't think that's again any different than than most financial institutions coming into a potential downturn in the economy. But but overall, there's still adequate um, uh, funding available. And um, as I mentioned earlier, Nicolet has been. Been open to uh, locking in up to ten years uh, longer-term fixed rates for clients, so they can uh, can lock in uh, some 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 certainty there.
2: Tim, do you work directly with clients in your position?
6: I don't. Uh, I have 16 ag bankers uh, that work for Nicolay that all report to me, and but I do, you know, get involved in the credit decisions and I'm on the committee to decide on on uh, you know credit uh, um, arrangements that we are are pursuing. And then I'm also involved with um, working through with the bankers, what kind of pricing we're looking at uh, relative to the risk on various credits as well. So um, I do get out on farms, but I'm not directly negotiating um, opportunities like our 16 Ag bankers are doing with the customers.
2: When you guys get together and chat about what the farm customers are asking, what are those big questions that you're getting?
6: They're asking, just like everybody, where do we think interest rates are headed, um, you know, when do we think inflation is going to be subdued as, you know, the, the farm customers are, are, are seeing a lot of it in their input costs and, and, uh, you know, labor costs and everything is rising. So, you know, when is this going to, going to turn? And, you know, um, obviously none of us have a crystal ball, but we're sharing what we're learning from, you know, the internal economists and the things we read and, and hear about with them to try to guide them a little bit. And, um, you know, it's just it's just been an interesting environment. Uh, um, you know, they're also asking if what we're seeing and hearing about, uh, you know, the future of commodity prices and um, you know, everything I'm reading so far. It appears like, you know, the next 12 to 18 months, we should continue to see fairly strong commodity prices, um, which which should bolster um, a fairly solid ag economy.
2: You know, you mentioned staff pretty brief, briefly there. Uh, banks are businesses, too. They're also dealing with workforce shortages and retirements. Tell me, Tim, how is uh, your ag lending workforce?
6: Yeah, our ag lending workforce, uh, the ag team is, is, is pretty solid right now. Um, we're just about to hire another um, ag credit analyst that will pretty much uh, fill up our, our team uh, moving forward, at least at the moment, unless we see some tremendous growth. So that's been good. And uh, we are also have a position posted for um, another ag crop insurance agent uh, to join our four-person um, frontline ag crop insurance team. But um, overall, the, the the ag sector is doing quite well. I think Nicolet, as a bank with 900 approaching a, a thousand employees probably has 40 to 50 open positions throughout the organization. So it has been a challenge uh, to try to fill some of those spots and. Um, you know, and and, uh, and and make sure we've got a, a, a full team to serve our clients. So that's uh, not not any different than most industries today.
2: And with every generation, Tim, it seems that uh, people become more far removed from the egg community, from the farm, from where their food comes from. So, does having an egg background matter in the egg lending space? You yourself come from a, a dairy farm, don't you?
6: I do. Correct. Yep. I think I still think it's critical, and the people that we're hiring, um, we're pretty adamant about uh, them having some ag background and understanding the industry, understanding the nomenclature and the, the terminology um, as as we move through this, and especially our frontline people that are on the crop insurance and the in the um, and the the banking side. Um, I think farmers expect that. I think um, farmers would be surprised and disappointed if you brought somebody out that didn't at least have some knowledge or exposure to the, the ag industry and, and be able to, to understand what they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. I agree it has been a challenge to find those people, but we continue to search. Um, Nicolay is committed to uh, continuing what uh, we did at Investors Community Bank previously, and that being bringing in some interns from some of the um, Wisconsin ag-related colleges uh, to to fill you know summer intern jobs working for us pr- primarily in the ag credit space, and and um, many of those people historically have turned into full-time employees for, for uh, Investors Community Bank and I think will with Nicolay also. So um, it's a great way to grow your own talent uh, moving forward.
2: That's Tim Schneider, Senior Vice President of Agriculture Lending at Nicolay Bank. Interest rates expected to climb at least until the new year. Then the predictions are mixed as to if the rise will continue or level off. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
4: Tracty LLC, a leader in steel buildings, is growing and now adding to their team. Tracti is now hiring builders and electricians.
7: You work at the same place every day and you rarely have to fight the elements. Schedules are stable and pay is competitive. Enjoy a tool belt full of benefits, including medical, dental, paid vacation, holiday, and more. Join Tracti now and receive a $2,500 sign-on bonus. Apply in person or online at trachteusa.com.
8: Life is short, and if we spend our time suffering with pain and it takes away our joy, that's not a very good way to live. He's right. It's hard to be happy when you're in constant pain. QC Kinetics patient Chad admits the chronic pain in his knee really robbed his quality of life. When I was going to the traditional doctor and getting the pain pills, my smile wasn't as big as it usually is. Going to my high school reunion on crutches, it was awful. But then Chad visited QC Kinetics. He experienced the real power behind natural regenerative treatments. Using healing properties from his own body, QC Kinetics was able to restore and repair damaged tissue, finally giving Chad lasting relief with no drugs, no surgery, and no downtime. And I'm feeling on top of the world because of QC Kinetics. Learn how advanced regenerative medicine can help your body heal itself at QC Kinetics. Call now for your free consultation.
4: Call QC Kinetics 608-319-1750. That's 608-319-1750. 608-319-1750. When you're planning your remodeling project, you'll want to know where every penny is spent. Not just one big fat bit out of nowhere. AF Construction explains your plan one item at a time. Their line item estimates spell out everything, showing you exactly what you're getting. AF Construction, your local hands-on remodeling contractor, offering line item estimates and eye-popping results. For your free consultation, visit afconstructionllc.com. Get ready for a remarkable new look. From her mouth
1: to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam
2: Youngke. All right, and now we'll take a look at that forecast. Egg meteorologist Stu Muck joining us live. Now, Stu, I've been keeping my windows open in the evening, but it looks like today and tomorrow I'm not going to want to do that with the humidity we have in store.
5: That's it. The humidity is going to be rising, Stephanie. Those temperatures as well, not getting quite so cool in the nighttime. That's going to be around as well. It just sounds like a little summertime patterns redeveloping. It has to do with low pressure in the Dakotas this morning and a stationary front that extends down towards central Iowa and way down into Illinois. But back around that low, there's some rain in western and northwestern parts of Minnesota and up into southern Canada. I expect that frontal boundary will pull north as a warm front. That's going to allow more of that warm and humid air in and more rain chances coming our way. I'd expect even very late in the day Friday at La Crosse, a rain chance becomes a possibility. A little more likely later in Friday night or into Saturday, some rain will develop. I'll have more right after this. Your soil is your farm's
9: greatest asset. Every season is an opportunity for both short-term profit and long-term improvement. The Midwestern BioAg way optimizes yields, soil fertility, and sustainability, nurturing your greatest asset. Midwestern BioAg offers biological fertilizers to optimize yields during the growing season, all the while building healthy soil for the future. To learn what a Midwestern BioAg program can do for you, visit MidwesternBioAg.com. Midwestern BioAg, better farming through better soil.
2: Just for giggles, Stu, Pam is looking at highs of 60 in Scotland and Ireland today, and we'll be enjoying temps upwards of 80 for at least the next week or so. What else you got for us?
5: Yeah, we've got some real warm air trying to build in as this system is going to move in. That low in the Dakotas only moving very, very slowly north and east into Minnesota for a couple of days. And it's going to mean some heavy rains for those folks in northern Minnesota like we saw here in eastern Wisconsin through the weekend and early this week. But today, I'd look for more mostly sunny skies, some fog, especially in the south. I'd look for those temps in the upper 70s, and the south winds about 5 to 10, partly cloudy overnight very low 60s with the south winds at 5 to 10, mostly sunny Friday, up just into the low 80s, that slight rain chance late in the day at La Crosse, south winds at 5 to 10, the chance of a shower or storm developing late Friday night, partly sunny Saturday. And a scattered shower could be a morning storm, a little more likely some activity later afternoon. Look for highs, again, still about 80 or so, south winds at 5 to 15. And then that scattered shower or storm, unfortunately, continuing. The chance sticks around right through Sunday and into Sunday night, Stephanie. And uh, next week's temps still look to be pretty warm in the upper 70s.
2: That's right. So warm temperatures, that's a good thing, but maybe soggy still as we get into this harvest.
5: Yeah, a little more of that for the weekend, there's no doubt.
2: All right. Charity, will catch you tomorrow, Stu. Have a good one.
5: This is the
1: Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
7: So I became a Farm Bureau member almost 20 years ago to be part of the state's largest egg advocacy group plenty of opportunities within Farm Bureau for somebody that's involved in agriculture, whether to grow their leadership or to help be a leader in
4: an in industry that we have a great passion for. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm
10: experienced electricians come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman for EverReady Electric.
3: Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working for ever Ready, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family.
10: Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at EverReadyElectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are ever Ready.
8: Sweeta Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore.
0: There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters.
7: It's one and done.
0: It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a sweeta metal roof.
3: S-W-I-T-A-Metal Roofing.com.
1: Sweeta Metal Roofing,
7: the last roof you'll ever need. It's Preston from Window World. Summer is here, and with it, the hot air. Don't let other companies add to it. We won't lure you in with buy one, get one, or half off installation. Not Window World, not ever. We offer a no pressure consultation with straightforward, fair pricing. None of that, if you sign today, or
1: let me call my manager nonsense. Professionally installed
7: at an everyday low price.
10: You wear the same size, you do the same workout, yet her butt is high and tight. And let's face it, she's smoking hot. Well, you're just another sweaty Betty. What you don't know is while you're putting in extra time grunting it out at the gym, she is relaxing poolside. And why? Because she comes to Carbon World Health for FDA approved M-Sculpt treatments. Her butt is a work of art because this technology is state of the art. CarbonWorldHealth.com.
4: Tom Spitz And David Fink of Settlers Bank Your local independent bank We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier We provide the advice and solutions you need To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com
0: Settlers Bank Timely decisions People you know Member
7: FDIC Equal Housing Lender
5: you know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service.
1: Tom's Auto Center. Do the getter getter get done, to get you going, guys.
4: Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's.
8: A lifeline for Paul Chris. I'm not saying Paul Chris needs a lifeline. I, I'm, I'm thinking though people are well, souring. I mean, like, people are souring a little bit. And who wants to be a millionaire? You get three lifelines to begin with. You don't have to use them. Phone a friend. 50-50. 50-50 and all <laughs> the, the audience. Well, right now, I'm going to phone a friend for Paul Christ. And that friend would be the college football playoffs. In as little as two years, they're... Potentially could expand to 12 teams. What have we been clamoring about as Wisconsin football fans? We want desperately to get into the college football playoffs. Let's say by 2024, as late as 2026, the college football playoffs expand. In this four-year time frame we're talking about, which is more likely to happen, Paul Chris stays or Jim Leonard leaves, what if in two years... We expand the twelve teams in the college football playoffs. Wisconsin finds a little more rhythm again, and is one of the now they'll be a uh, what they won't be an at-large team because they probably won't. Ohio State will probably be like winning the conference. They'll be invited into the college football playoffs as that next little four, group of four. Yeah, but
3: you're gonna be you're definitely gonna be a top ten team if you finish in second in the Big yeah. Ten, unless it's some weird year where the the Big Ten with Ohio State has like two or three losses. And, you so, know, the other team is sitting with like three and they, but yes. here's how it works. The four
8: highest ranked conference champions will be seated one through four with each receiving a first round bye. Teams seated five through 12 will play each other in the first round on either the second or third weekend of December and then the quarterfinals. yada, yada, yada. So it's conference champions. And then they, the at-large teams you get in. Yeah. What if Wisconsin makes it? in this four-year time frame we're talking about to the college football playoffs are then we as wisconsin football fans saying okay we did it paul chris got us to the college we're not going to be
3: having these type of discussions but i just want to remind you if they expanded out to 12 teams when is the last year that wisconsin would have qualified 2019 yeah that was before COVID even happened (laughs) That season was completed before COVID shutdowns ever occurred. It's been a minute. It has. We've been talking about a lot of seven and five, eight and four type teams since. I, I don't know if, if he they were if to get the twelfth team in. Let's see, just squeak in. No, no, I'm saying if he continues to coach the way that they've coached, oh, if they've continued to down. play that the way that they play, this will never be a discussion because they're never – an 8-4 and four team, RJ, yeah. unless you're from the SEC and your name's like Alabama, is never going to be in the top 12. So, I mean, that, like – Name a team that could go 8-4 and four and be ranked 12. It's like Alabama with I Nick mean, Saban, and it'll be like, well, they actually didn't want to play this week, so, and this week something happened, and that week –
8: even with the 12 teams, Rowdy, you're saying right now, Wisconsin's been trending down yeah, anyways. There's no 8 and four so a, team a that's 12 that's ever in the top 12. So obviously, not getting in the top four of how it is now. If there is 12. Right, the play so far as has been trending won't even get them in because they're not good enough it to be the twelve. Be, it
3: wouldn't be close. Imagine if they somehow finish eight and four, nine and three this year, and they win the West in a in a mucked up West where it's nobody's good. Iowa can't score touchdowns. Nebraska fires their coach. Minnesota just isn't quite ready. Like it's just a bad Big Ten West, like we see a lot of years. And say they win it at 8-4, and 9-3, and three, get slaughtered <laughs> by Ohio State, lose some games that they shouldn't have lost, and, Wisconsin football before. ugly in <laughs> said games. Like maybe they have a couple more bumps in the road like a couple more Washington States, but they come at the hands of like Purdue or someone like that. Yeah. That's not a team that anyone thinks they're going to be in the top 12. That's a team that's lucky to be in the top 25. So, six highest
8: ranked conference champions and six at-large teams.
3: See, this is why I honestly think that especially once you bring UCLA and USC into the Big Ten, scrap the effing divisions. One <laughs> division, top two records, one division play to each of them all. Enough with this West. It's another, it's just like the freaking Brewers and and saying we made the postseason five years in a row and we're looking to do it six. Yeah, you, they expanded the playoffs. When you play in the Big Ten West, guess what? If Penn State or Michigan was in the Big Ten West, they'd be playing in the Big Ten Championship against Ohio State yes, yes, and having right the yes. opportunity to get yes. slaughtered every single year. And it the, wouldn't be Wisconsin. And the They're dark. playing in the lesser division. I, they would have made it
7: four times in the college football playoff era and had been 12 the whole time. Man,
3: uh, let's go Yes, what? They had 2019-
1: If Mary had a little lamb, you can bet she'd talk to her about it. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
2: We'll actually be talking about little lambs here in just a moment. Welcome back on a Thursday morning, and thanks for taking along with me. I'm Stephanie Hoff, filling in for Farm Director Pam Yonke. If you've been opening your windows during the day to catch that fall breeze and sunshine, You'll want to close them up today. It's going to be almost 80 degrees in the Madison area. Humidity is expected to be 76%. Friday and Saturday will be partly cloudy, and in the 80s, isolated thunderstorms are expected on Sunday. Don't forget that we want to hear from you about the weather and how things are looking in the field. Are you almost done with the corn silage harvest? Is it too wet to get out there right now? Text me at 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. As we get into the new school year, there's a lot of excitement coming out of the UW Sheep Unit in Arlington. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, visiting with Sheep Program Director Todd Taylor. He's looking forward to the unit's annual sale on Friday, and he's got little lambs due this fall. He tells me more about the sheep auction, but first explains why he's trying to grow his fall lambing operation.
7: So sheep are a seasonal breeder, and and typically most most sheep in the United States are born in the winter and spring months from January through usually June. Um, But there are quite a few uh, breeders that are trying to do out of season or or a seasonal breeding with with these ewes, breeding them in the spring to lamb in the fall. And the reason for that is the demand for, for lamb in the United States is as high as it's ever been, and it's not seasonal, the demand's year round. Um, but the supply is very seasonal, so some of the breeders take and, take advantage of the out of season breeding potential of some of these breeds and some of the new technology we have to get them bred to lamb in the fall, so that they have lamb available in those times when supply is in, in, is of short short. You know the demand's still there, but supply is short, and they can take advantage of some higher prices that way. So we we try to get more use than what I get to lamb. I've only got 29 lamb in this fall, and I'd like to double or triple that. If I could get 100 used to lamb in the fall, I'd be tickled to death. It just it's a little challenging to get it done take special genetics take special management um, and we're just not quite there yet
2: and people power and you're lucky enough to have some students come out to volunteer but i mean how is that interest among young students at uw or other schools in the area
7: you know, I think in the Midwest, that's probably been a, been a problem with some of these bigger stu- schools is getting students involved. I've got two great grad- or great undergrads that have been working for me for a year and a half now. It seems like I, I have a pretty steady supply of students that want to work for me. Um, so I don't have too much problem with that. And, and then we have volunteers that like to come out during lambing season. Um, you know, so so it's it's been steady for me. Um, we've got some graduate work going on, too. So I've got some graduate students that spend quite a bit of time working on their master's and their, their Ph.D. programs and their and Collecting quite a bit of data so we've got quite a bit of traffic going through the sheep unit in Arlington right now.
2: How many head you got at the sheep unit?
7: right now we're running just shy of 200 head total we're about 140 poly we've got about 40 hamp's and about a dozen targi uses all we've got left right now so we're down on the targies. we've still got them for demonstration and outreach and promotional projects just for for teaching to show the the industry or the diff the variation in the industry we've kept three breeds um, but we still the poly are kind of the research group that we've got and then the hamp's are there to to produce show, uh, judging animals and animals for the meat lab and stuff like that um, and and then, like I said, the poly, uh, the Targies are kind of our demonstration flock on the wool breed side of things.
2: You're in the market, so <laughs> you, you got to make money too. So, right. t- uh, tell me about how market prices are. What are you putting into wool to yeah. meet? Yeah etc.
7: So our biggest fund or our biggest money maker for the sheep program at Arlington is our annual production sale. We are we are heavily involved in the National Sheep Improvement Program which develops estimated breeding values. Similar to EPDs on cattle, we get estimated breeding values or EBVs on sheep based on performance traits. And you know we've been doing this for the 20 years I've been in Arlington and we've got some polypays that are that are as strong as any breeder out there in the United States right now. And It's an online sale. We've got about 60 head of polypay ewes and I think we've got uh, five polypay rams and I think a total of eight hamp's that'll be on that sale and buyers can bid from anywhere in the United States online we used to do it in a live auction format run by students that that, that promoted it um, we've had trouble getting volunteers to do that for the last few years so we switched to where myself and my undergrads um, and my hired man do it and, and we do most of it online it takes a lot of time to picture, to picture all the animals video all the animals and upload all that data in fact I'm still working on it I've got some of them up on the website already but I've got a bunch more to put up I'm hoping I can get some internet access tonight so I can get a few more lots developed before I go to bed tonight so yeah
2: hey well where can people check that out is it a- so
7: it's 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 hosted by willoughby.com Willoughby live livestock, w livestock.com Willoughby livestock sales um, it's one of the they they are the predominant one of the predominant sheep uh, marketers for online sales in the United States right now and they've run it for us for about three years now and done a really good job for us. So, Willoughby, you know, willoughbylivestock.com or wlivestock.com I think is where they can find that site. There's several on there, but if they scroll down, they'll see the University of Wisconsin Production Sale is one of the sites that they're hosting in the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure that's an important sale especially this year with the input costs high even for our university producers between feed and fuel and other input costs. Tell me how have you been navigating that field?
7: You know, we actually did very well this last year. Part of the the, you know, the the merge between dairy science and animal science seemed to, to, to kind of excite some researchers again to do some research at the sheep unit. And, and, you know, through grant dollars that they receive, they kind of filter some of their grant money into our program to help support research and, and teaching. And, and actually our production sale was extremely successful. My ram sales for the last year have been good. And we actually came out in the black this last year. So not just break even, we actually generated a little bit of positive income, which the College of Ag was very happy with. Because oh, yeah. that's, that's in, in past years been kind of tough. And and But we were able to, to show a positive gain this year, and hopefully we can continue that in the future if things stay, stay the course they are right now.
2: Todd Taylor is the program director at the UW Sheep Unit in Arlington. Hey, stick around for those markets, and also EverEgg joining us at the bottom of the hour. I'm Stephanie Hoff.
1: As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McVin Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpillar Milk Receiver Pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry.
2: Wisconsin Farm Bureau is an exciting organization because it has a plethora of opportunities for young farmers and agriculturists, specifically a young farmer and agriculturist program for members ages 18 to 35,
11: where you can learn about leadership development, advocating for agriculture, and network with your peers.
4: WFBF.com. You'll learn so much. A voice for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin
1: Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset, shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant DeKalb brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
2: A possible strike of U.S. rail workers could happen by this weekend, and that could affect farmers and agribusinesses.
9: This is a time that we need our railroads to be a facilitator of agricultural success and not an obstacle to it.
2: That's Mike Steenhook, executive director of the Soy Transportation Coalition. More than 60,000 rail workers could go on strike if the unions and rail companies don't reach a labor agreement by late tonight. If a rail strike does happen, that could create additional supply chain disruptions that would negatively impact America's farmers and the egg industry.
4: So much of
9: what U.S. farmers grow gets put onto a rail car to either serve a domestic customer or it'll go to a port where it'll in turn be put on an ocean vessel for the export market. We can't have profitable farmers if we don't have a supply chain that can effectively connect supply with demand. Railroads are an integral part of that.
2: Again, Mike Steenhook, the executive director of the Soy Transportation Coalition, he says the trucking industry would not be able to pick up the slack from the rail strike. Hey, corn growers, you can nominate a producer for the Wisconsin Corn Promotion Board. DACAP is accepting nominations through November 1st for three seats on the board. Producers that grow and sell corn in districts 1, 2, and 7 are eligible. Those specific counties are listed at midwestfarmreport.com. Your elected board is in charge of just under $2 million in fees paid by Wisconsin corn growers. And now we'll take a look at our commodity markets. From Chicago, December corn is down two and a quarter cents at 680. November beans up two and three quarter cents at 14.57 and three quarters. December wheat trading at 869, that's down three and a quarter cents. And new crop, September 2023 wheat is at 885, that's down six and a quarter cents. The USDA is investing almost three billion dollars in climate smart commodity partnerships. The $2.8 billion exactly is going to 70 selected projects under this first pool of funding. Based here in Wisconsin, Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative is getting up to $50 million from that Climate Smart money pool. It had applied for the grant earlier this year to expand the Climate Smart markets for dairy. Let's take a look at those dairy markets. The October class three milk contract is up 14 cents at 21.75 100 weight. November milk at 21.80 100 weight. That's up seven cents. On the close yesterday, barrel cheese was unchanged at 206. The 40-pound block cheese also at 206, up 6 cents, and double butter down three and a quarter at 320 and three-quarters. We've got Ever Egg broker Cody Coster up next.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
5: You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five star review. It reads I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five star service.
4: off highway 51 in mcfarland a stone's throw from mcdonald's huh nice hardwood floor or is it sounds like a floor it's not squishy that's good floors aren't supposed to squish goes wall to wall like good floors do and i'm walking all over it usually a dead giveaway that it's a floor, but it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Idell's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County, and because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need.
10: Rebath started decades ago by two gentlemen who created acrylic forms to cover existing bathtubs. Today, Rebath is a complete bath remodeling company. We replace existing fixtures and totally upgrade your bathroom. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath.
1: Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
2: Welcome back. I'm Stephanie Hoff, rounding out the hour with a dive into dairy. Ever Egg broker Cody Coster is with us to break down the lift we saw earlier this week in our cheese, butter, and fluid milk prices. Cody, I'm going to assume that, like me, the rest of the United States has been eating more and more cheese and butter as the weather cools off.
9: Uh, I think right now a lot of folks are looking at demand season coming into fruition, especially for uh, you know Thanksgiving, Christmas. Um, Bloomberg just did an article actually I think it came out earlier this week on do we have enough butter to sustain the fact that people are heading into the baking season like you said as it gets colder as demand season comes up on us there is going to be a lot more baking that is happening in homes and out of homes also.
2: Yeah so that's the cause for that butter rising It and Cody you have some new figures for us that it's actually at kind of a record number.
9: We do. So yesterday, butter traded at $3.24 a pound on the CME. That is the highest price that it has ever been uh, during the spot trade. And we actually traded nine loads. And that seems to be um, a very healthy market that we've seen so far. Um, So we're hoping that can kind of continue on the upward trend as we go into the demand season. And right uh, before that, we had cheese trading above $2 on average for the block and barrel for the first time since mid-July type time frame. Um, So I think a lot of end users that are going to be getting that holiday demand are really ramping up. And we usually see that ramp up up until the middle of October. So everything can get shipped and everything can get freighted out to where it needs to go in time.
2: Now, I want to go back to that Bloomberg article that you referenced, Cody, mentioning Asking the question, is there going to be enough supply? How does supply look uh, on the cheese and butter front?
9: Supply looks it looks pretty healthy right now. I know there's enough uh, storage in the cold storage report for butter and cheese, uh, majority of all the products. The interesting thing is whenever a major news source gets a hold of something in the dairy sector, i.e. Bloomberg or... Um, you know, the New York Post, anything like that, it usually gets a lot of people interested in what is happening. And when you headline an article of possible butter shortage going into baking season and demand season, it really gets a lot of people uh, looking. Uh, It would be interesting to see what happens in the stores in the near future on how many people do go out and buy X amount of butter, butter blocks, different things for baking and cooking, uh, so on and so forth. I think it's going to be a very interesting thing to watch
2: when when prices do jump and, and reach those record points, does the consumer ever push back? Will demand end up falling?
9: There's always a possibility of demand falling off, I think, in any sector that you look at, but because butter is a big staple in the holiday cooking and baking, I mean you're not th- you're not just talking family meals, you're also talking cookies and breads. Um, different things that are sold in the store for Thanksgiving, Christmas, different holidays during that time frame, there is going to be a big need for this product to reach the consumer. So I don't think anything on the demand side backs off just yet. Now, once we get past December, could it slow down? Absolutely. And we usually see that going into the first quarter of the, the year preceding. But as of right now, I don't think that slows very much on the demand front.
2: Can we take a look at butter at, on a global scale here? Uh, is the U.S. pretty responsible for uh, the bulk of the need?
9: Uh, right now, I'd say they are, and our butter prices are pretty fair with the rest of the world. Uh, every Usually every other Tuesday, we have the GDT auction or the global dairy trade, and that will be coming up uh, this coming Tuesday. And I think it's very important to watch how many countries are in there buying butter. Um, And if they can supply their own countries, their own needs, usually the United States is a decent exporter of butter, but I would not say the biggest in the world, because when prices become too inflated, different countries could go to other countries and decide that they want to buy from them, even if it means changing the recipe, tweaking it just a little bit for a shorter price, they will tend to do that more often than not.
2: And Cody, we focused uh, the majority of this conversation on butter. Let's turn it and look at cheese. Fall is also an important time for cheese, and you know, with your football season and then the holidays coming along. What are how are things looking on the on the cheese front?
9: Cheese front's looking pretty good. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we were above two dollars. Uh, I think we we're at two hundred three as of yesterday on the cheese uh, the uh, average between the block and the barrel, first time since mid July. Uh, that, that's looking good. Like you said, during football season, that is a big time when cheese demand really ramps up As you have your cheese curds, pizza, different sauces, dipping sauces, all that kind of uh, good stuff. So the the demand for cheese is there. And I believe there are more people right now that are still uh, going out to eat at restaurants. That hasn't petered off too much. And a majority of the appetizers, at least the ones that I've seen on the menu, are going to have a cheese product in them and that is extremely good for our demand.
2: Well, thank you so much, Cody Koster with EverEgg along with us. Thanks for taking along with us on a Thursday. And don't forget to catch more headlines in farm news at MidwestFarmReport.com. I'm Stephanie Hoff.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.